0: It was an exciting and record-breaking weekend across the NHL, and we've got you covered. Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins joined us to discuss the Penguins becoming the first team in NHL history to score 11 goals in a game since the salary cap was introduced. Seth Tupel of Locked On Wild discusses his team's dramatic overtime win, and Tony Cardasco talks about the best trade that was voided as Evgeny Dodonov comes up big for the Vegas Golden Knights. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast.
1: Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you as always every Monday as we talk about the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. My pleasure to welcome back to the show Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. And uh, Hunter, we got you for a very happy occasion for uh, your team. Not every day that a team scores 11 goals in one game. We did mention it's the first time since the introduction of the salary cap that that's happened. What did that game and, and that kind of performance mean for the Pittsburgh Penguins?
2: They needed it badly, uh, Gil. Um, The Penguins have not been good their last couple of games. A little bit of a dry spell to say the least. They got absolutely embarrassed by the New York Rangers um, on Friday night in Madison Square Garden of potentially a playoff preview between the two teams. Um, Just had a really bad first five to six-minute stretch where they gave up three goals. couldn't recover. The power play was really bad. They also found out about two hours before the game that any Malkin was not going to play. They didn't have an extra forward that could get there in time. Now you're playing with eleven forwards and seven defensemen. Um, that's just with so such little time to prepare. There's nothing you can do. And you know when when you make the Penguins angry like they were coming into this game, um, you know a team's going to pay the price. And you know obviously I didn't expect them to score eleven goals and would be the first time in the cap era. Um, Honestly, it's the first time since 2003 that a team in the NHL has scored 11 goals um, in one game. Funny enough, I think that was the Washington Capitals from what uh, Dom uh, Lachucziano of The Athletic tweeted out. Um, But, you know, the Penguins, the underlying numbers, they were all right today. It was just that they were actually finishing their chances at a very high level, and Detroit's goaltending was not good. But um, they badly needed a performance like this coming off those last couple of games. You know, they've been mostly really good, you know, ever since that, you know, bad November Uh, And, you know, they they took it to a new level uh, to, to, I think, remind some people around the league that, hey, you know, the Penguins are still one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, they can do some damage um, whenever, whenever.
0: Big game, obviously, for Evgeny Malkin, three goals and an assist. Uh, How important it is for him. I mean, you say you you told us he missed Friday's game. He looked Mm -hmm. healthy on Sunday. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, he, he, I think he had the stomach bug. I think that's the, he's the second or third player that's been sick with that the last couple of weeks. I guess it's just going around the room or something like that. But he was good for today, and uh, boy, was he outstanding. You know, you touched on a four-point game. Um, uh, he's almost at 20 goals, and he's barely even played half a season. I didn't think he would get the 20 um, by by only starting in basically January, um, but he's been one of the best players in the league this year. His um, assist tonight, actually, that he had – uh, Ty Sergei Fedorov for the most assists by any Russian born player in NHL history. So he'll be passing that either the next game or sometime this week. Um, so he'll have at least one um, record there among all NHL Russian players. Um, but he's just, he's been great since his return. Um, I can't say enough about him. You know, there's always those weird people that say they can't win with him and they play better without him and blah, 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 blah. I don't really pay attention to those people, but um, you know, he, ever, ever since he's been playing, you know, the power play has been much better, you know, these last four to five games, they came into the, I think overall today, it's about five further last 11. Now, after a one for 21 for 21 stretch on the buck was just not going in the net. Now that it is, um, you know, you're, you're seeing the, the, the rewards, um, and a lot of that is due, uh, to Gino's play on, you know, having him on there and running, you know, half of the point, um, it just makes the penguins that more potent. And um, he was truly spectacular. It did not look like he was even sick for two days. That's for sure.
0: Three power play goals and a shorty. So special teams playing Mm -hmm. a big role. You know, when you score 11 goals in a game, that's a get well game for a lot of players. Who are some of the Penguins who really needed a good performance like they got on Sunday?
2: I think Dayton Heinen was one of them. Uh, You know, I think he's been feeling the pressure a little bit lately. He's been having a decent season. I believe this was his Uh, 14th goal of the season. So he's three away from uh, breaking his career high. His career high was set in Boston about a few years back with 16. Um, Just been definitely a bit snake bitten, but he badly needed one. Jeff Carter, he's been taking some criticism as of late. I know he's a bit older and he's not producing like he was last year, even though that was a very short sample size to say the least. You know, he was starting to look more like an old man. You know compared to where he was earlier in his career, earlier in his Penguins tenure, but these last couple of games, you know, he has scored um, a goal and he, he he scored the Penguins' shorthanded goal tonight. This was the first uh, Penguins' shorthanded goal against the Red Wings since Tom Kuhakel in 2017. So that's another nice little fun fact there. But you know, he, he's he's he was badly just needed for um, another game. And also, you know, I'll say this: even though he probably shouldn't. Needed another good start, but Tristan Jari, you know, um, was not really that good at Madison Square Garden, probably had his worst start of the season. That's, you know, saying a lot because he's been that freaking good. Um, But he was just spectacular tonight uh, for the Penguins when he needed to be. And, you know, all the eyes are going to be on him in about four and a half to five weeks now in the playoff start. Um, He's had one heck of a season, and if he can continue this, In the playoffs, um, I think the Penguins are definitely going to be hard to beat. Teddy Bluger, uh, I think he's showcasing why he's one of the best penalty killers in the league. Um, He also had another goal tonight. He is so underrated on this team. He is the player that makes that fourth line go great defensively, uh, good in in the offensive zone as well. So, you know, the depth scoring, Ron Hextall called it out about two weeks ago before the deadline. He said, you know what? It's kind of been fading away. We haven't been getting that a lot. And part of that was due, I think, to getting – and they got Ricard Raquel. But, you know, ever since he made that statement, more and more players have started to chip in and break out some of their slumps, especially Kasperi Capen, He has been a completely different player these last couple of weeks. And if he gets going it um, makes the Penguins' depth, I think that's that much more um, potent, to say the least.
0: Yeah, that's why they call him out. I mean, you, you try to inspire that kind of a response – you mentioned the trade deadline. Were you happy with what the Penguins did, and how does this set them up for the playoff run?
2: Yeah, I, I was. I thought that they needed another score. You know, Ron Hextall said as much during his press conference when he acquired Raquel from the Ducks. He's like, you know, I, I could have not made a move. I would have been fine with that. But, you know, when you know we were having our meetings and we were looking at our team and stuff, uh, he basically said he knew they needed another score just because of the, some of the scoring was drying up. Um, in some areas and, you know, beginning Malkin needed another winger because it's just been, you know, a, a cast of players just coming on to his right wing. You know, got Brian Ross come out there, Evan Rodriguez, for captain, he, was, he was really struggling. Heck, they even put Brock McGinn up times um, on there before he got hurt. Um, they needed another winger for him. And, you know, kudos to Ricardo, You know, he got his first goal tonight um, in the penguins route of the red wings. He, he had come really close before then as well. I think against the Buffalo game in overtime, he, basically 1v3 the Sabres and almost had a highlight real goal um, for his first one as a Penguin. So um, I didn't mind what they gave up to get him, especially. Um, Zach Aston-Reese, good penalty killer, but wasn't bringing a lot of offense this year. Um, Dominic Simone is the 13th forward, I think, at this point, and then a couple of the um, Cali claim. They're already pretty deep at goalie um, organization-wise, and the second-round pick is whatever, you're, you're in a win-now mode. So I am very okay with what Hextall did. Um, for a while, it looked like he wasn't going to make a move, and I thought that was going to be a mistake just because I, I look at these other Eastern Conference teams, I know how much of a gauntlet it's going to be for who comes out of there and how many these series are going to just going to take so much out of these teams. So to get another offensive weapon, um, to add with all the players that are starting to come out of their funks, um, it, it can only, I think, mean good things for the Penguins.
0: Hunter, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
2: Yeah, so you can find the Locked On Penguins podcast um, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. We're actually almost to 150 subscribers on the YouTube channel as I make my push to 200. That's my new short-term goal before you know, we have bigger aspirations, of course. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore penguins. Um, it is a great time to be an NHL fan. The playoffs are right around the corner. The weather's getting warmer. Um, and you know, even though there's not a lot of playoff races in the East with all the eight teams being known, um, there's still the races of who's going to play who in home ice and I can't wait to see what happens. And it's going to be some great
0: playoff series. As you said earlier, Hunter, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you here.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? If not, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite, and it's easy to see why with these incredible flavors like Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut, marshmallow, and my personal favorite, banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your new favorite. And like all Bilt Bars, they're low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, and low in net carbs. Most Bilt Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast, Gil Martin. Glad to be with you, as always, on this Monday. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, Tony Cardasco of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Tony, good to see you again. How are you?
3: Always great Great to see you, Gil. And uh, yeah, it's always great to visit with you and talk some puck.
0: Yeah, always a pleasure. And look, Vegas fighting for their playoff lives. It has not been an easy month or so for this team. Uh, Let's start with the big win over the weekend, the overtime victory over Chicago. Dodonov coming up with the big OT goal. And look, they tied it late, won it in OT. How big was that win for this team?
3: Yes, Anas Evgeny Dodonov with the game-winning goal. Of course, he was trading, of course, the paperwork and everything else. The trade was voided. Now he's back here in Las Vegas. And he said in the post-game presser last night that he doesn't want to talk about it much more. He just kind of spent, you know, after a very long and trying week, as we can understand. You know, the had that streak. Gil and I have talked about this before. He went 17 games without a goal earlier this season. And Pete DeBoer just said, you know, just just be patient. This guy can score in bunches and OK, whatever. Now he has six goals in six games and nine total points in six games. And they definitely need him. And on the game winner in overtime, uh, Nick Waugh actually made the play happen. Uh, he had, had great puck control, hit around, went behind the net, and then just found a wide open to Donoff. And then he just potted the, uh the game winner. I mean, it's just been an incredible week for him, an incredible game for VGK because, Gil, this is a team – That was 0 for 57, coming to a third period down by three goals. And they break through, and they scored uh, within a little over three minutes in the game, three consecutive goals, and the fans just went crazy. Uh, The guy that got it started, Chandler Stevenson, can't talk enough about him, his contributions this season. At the midway point, I think I told you that I felt that he was the most valuable player on this season, and he really is doing just a ton of work. They moved him up uh, onto the icon there early in the third period, and then he just started the scoring spree. And VGK was uh, very fortunate to win the game, but they did it persistent. They attacked, and they also had players. They had men in front of the net, and that's the first time we've seen this in a while.
0: Always helps. And look, you know, you always heard that cliche, sometimes the best trades are the trades you
3: don't make. Now
0: it's the best trade you make is the one that was rejected. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. And uh, well, you know, and, and with the Donoff, what would have happened if he were traded to Anaheim? It would have started some sort of a snowball effect for the Golden Knights. We heard a lot of uh, rumors about them then extending and his contract. We heard about players returning because you get five million dollars off the books. And so right now, like, know what's going to happen with the Donoff? They're going to stick with him. I would have to imagine they're not going to make it at least during the season for him because he's the only guy that's been the consistent scorer for this team. Jonathan Marchessault has gone south. He hasn't scored, I think, now in seven games. That second line, William Carlson had a lucky deflection that he put into net yesterday, or I should say on Saturday. And for the Golden Knights, I mean, they just need someone that's going to be consistent. At- Eichel is starting to really get into a groove, and that's scary for VGK opponents right now.
0: No doubt. And you mentioned Jack Eichel. What is he doing better? I mean, obviously, it takes time to adapt to a new team, but what is he doing
3: well now that's getting him into his groove? We found out on the national broadcast that he likes grunge. He's a lot of grunge music, and so he's listening to more Stone Temple pilots, I guess, and he says he wants the Pearl Jam concert coming up here in Vegas. Uh, But what he's doing better, uh, he had hurt, I went to the Florida game, he had hurt his right hand, his right wrist, and was unable to take, he still hasn't really been back in the face-off circle, and so he's still hurting, I think, but he toughed it out, and he's been playing every game. And just, again, like his leadership, his control of the puck in the offensive zone, uh, finding... Like finding the open man, and so many of these players cannot handle his passes, like vital open passes in front of the net that they adapt to because they don't know that they're going to be coming. They had better just put the stick down and be prepared. Him uh, that Eichel possesses the puck, and I, I think he's one of the better passers. I think I've seen uh, watched him live in that Florida game. Uh, saw him live here in Vegas first time, and he just is much faster, uh, quicker, shiftier. He, lose, he definitely uses that long stick that he has. He has one of the longer hockey sticks in the league, and he uses that to his advantage along with his reach to play good defense and then also to get around a lot of defenders. A lot of uh, fans might not notice on the surface. Goaltending, obviously an issue. Injuries hitting Vegas hard.
0: Talk to me about where this team stands now at the most important position in the game.
3: So, Logan Thompson is now the starter. Surprisingly, last year's AL Goalie of the Year, Logan Thompson, starter for the Golden Knights, and has been for the last six games. Laurent Broussois, Gil, last time I spoke to you, I said, goaltending is so shaky for the Golden Knights. Brassois was getting beaten top shelf night in, night in. I think Pete DeBoer was sort of fed up with him and said so. He didn't mention him by name, but he said, you have to stop the puck if you want to play for this team during the playoff run, the late stages of the season. Now, Bressois incidentally, coincidentally, is now on the injured list. He winds up there. Okay, I don't know what that injury is, but he was out skating. They said he could skate, but he still has an injury. Don't know when he'll be back. Uh, and Again, you know, uh, the Golden Knights are still hoping that, you know, they could get Robin Leonard back at some stage, and we don't know when that's going to be. Uh, the Golden Knights now have, have Yeri Patera from the AHL. He's a back, uh, the backup goalie. Logan Thompson now at home has been terrific, not so much on the road, and he got, got no goal support the last uh, games on the road. And he also now, the Golden Knights have lost seven on the road. They go to Seattle. I mean, Seattle would like for nothing more than to knock VGK out of the playoff race. I mean, you talk about a storyline. And if the Golden Knights, I, I, I'm telling you, if they had to the Blackhawks on Saturday, I think we would have seen like all sorts of panic within this organization to try to bring up players earlier and what have you. I mean, that was a huge, monumental win, especially the way they came back, you know, late in the game. No doubt
0: about that. Tony, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they can find you on social media and where they can find the podcast?
3: The podcast is uh, at Don VGK, and mine is at Tony Dasco on Twitter. And I invite all comments of all sorts. I like like the fans' comments, good or bad.
0: All right. Tony Kadasco, always a pleasure and always great to talk some Vegas
3: Golden Knights with you. You're awesome, Gil. Keep it up. Join you, too.
0: And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin. glad to be with you. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the man who is covering the hottest team in the National Hockey League right now, Seth Tupel of Locked On Minnesota Wild. Seth, six in a row, a dramatic overtime win over the team with the best record in the league, uh, I almost don't want to wake you up. How how good are things for the Minnesota Wild right now?
1: You know, it's uh, first off, thanks for having me back on. And uh, it comes at a time where the Wilds have, uh, have picked things back up. You know, I always go back to, um, as kind of a wrestling fan back when I was younger, uh, I go back to uh, the Jim Ross call uh, when Shawn Michaels was getting his sweet chin music ready, saying business just picked up. And uh, that's that's where the Wild are at right now. You know, they they went through that slide where they were two and eight over a 10 game span. The goaltending was not great. The power play and the penalty kill were also bad. And it was right before the trade deadline. And so we're like, are the Wild's going to do anything? Or are we kind of starting to see the magic wear off of this season? Bill Guerin makes the moves to energize the team. And they have just taken off ever since. And you look at what they've done over the last three games, overtime wins. And all three games had a playoff feel to them. The physicality, the um, kind of the the grind, trying to grind the opponent out in each of those games. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the guys that were brought in, Nick Delorier and Jacob Middleton, helped really establish that and we saw it again against the avalanche you know that's that's the best team in the nhl and so some of the numbers look a little you know a little lopsided uh, at least on the surface but they're going to have their moments and you just have to kind of weather it and uh, and capitalize when you get opportunities and this wild team has just continued to do that over these last six games and 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. Uh, they just, they pounce. They capitalize on their opportunities. They're never out of a game. And I'll take an overtime win every day
0: of the week. We've had three of them in a row. So let's, let's just keep it going. And, and what a dramatic game-winning goal, Kevin Fiala. Talk us through that because that was just outstanding.
1: So it's, a, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, you go into the overtime period and the wild were on the power play. There was a a penalty called with, I think, 30 seconds left to go in regulation. Uh, the Wild nearly ended the game a couple of times in that span, and so you go into the OT period, and it was interesting because the lineup the Wild threw out there included Kirill Kaprizov, Eriksson-Eck, Kevin Fiala, and Ryan Hartman. No defenseman in that group, which you kind of you look at that and you're like, okay, that's. Uh, that's interesting. That I hope that doesn't uh, come back into play the other way, but they they get the opportunity, and Kevin Fiala just continues to have a sensational season, and he buries it. Darcy Kemper didn't have a chance, and um, Roof just came off the XL Energy Center. Uh, it has been really fun to see fans support this team in full because that is a weapon that you can use come playoff time if you have an arena that is absolutely raucous and fans are bringing it every time they uh, they get a chance to see this team at home which has been a lot lately but uh, absolutely sensational game and you know another thing that has been so critical to this team turning it around has been the goaltending that might have been Cam Talbot's best game of the year and I say that with the fact that he has a couple of shutouts under his belt he was unbelievable from the time the game started to the end. You're going to give up goals to a team like the avalanche, but he stopped so many opportunities. The avalanche had a two on 0 breakaway and uh, Talbot was able to slam the door on that amongst many other saves. Just, it feels like he's got his confidence back in full. And if he can continue to, uh, to bring that and Mark Andre Fleury continues to uh, bring a little change of pace, it's
0: gonna be a dangerous team. Come playoff time. You mentioned uh Mark Andre Flurry. How much do you think his addition inspired Cam Talbot to play his best hockey?
1: I think that was huge because you look at what the goalie situation was for this team pre-deadline. You had Cam Talbot. He was the it was he was the clear number one between him and Capo Kacknan and Capo was You know, the change of pace, he was the uh, the backup who could come in if there was an injury situation. But it was never it was never really a situation where Talbot, even when he was struggling, it was never really a situation where he needed to be worried about, you know, getting buried and having Capo go on a run where he started a bunch of games in a row. He was always going to continue to get starts. And now you bring in a guy with Marc-Andre Fleury's pedigree and a guy who is capable still of stealing goals, stealing wins. That's some clear cut competition. And Fleury is still going to get he's going to get a fair share of starts the rest of the way. But I think it has, for the first time this season, it's forced Cam Talbot to play his best for fear that flurry could get on the type of run where he gets a lion's share of the starts and he just doesn't give it back. And he just, his confidence is fully back. It's great to see. And uh, if both of them end up rolling
0: and we go into the playoffs with two hot goalies, jackpot. <laughs> How do you think the team would handle that? Would they alternate? Would they ride the hot hand? Would they declare a starter before the playoffs start? What would the approach be?
1: You know, that's that's a tough one. I, I feel like they would roll with both. And maybe maybe it's a situation where depending on how things play out, like at, at this point it looks as though they'll host the first round. Maybe if you go to that second round of the playoffs, maybe that's where having a guy like Flurry who could go on the road and start game one of a series in Colorado. That would be a weapon I think the Wild could definitely lean on, but um, this is going to be it's going to be a trial period for both. And if uh, if one, you know, is the clear cut better player between the two down the stretch, that'll be the starter come playoff time. But if not, you know, they they can they have the luxury they'll have the luxury that not a lot of teams do, where if you have a goalie that performs poorly like in game one. They can just completely switch it up and they can go with the other guy in game two. That's not a luxury that a lot of teams are going to have going into it.
0: Want to talk about a guy who maybe flies under the radar outside of Minnesota, but is having one heck of a season. Talk to me about what Matt Zuccarello is doing for this team.
1: He Zuccarello has become the elite passer on a team with so many scoring options. And it's no coincidence that Kirill Kaprizov having the season that he is having is largely in part due to what Zuccarello has been able to do for this team. He's been healthy, uh, missed a, a few games to start the season, but has been healthy since and has played in a ton of games, which has him uh, close to the all-time single-season assists mark for this wild team, which is 50. I think he's at 46 right now. So with you know, 16, 17, 18 games left in the season. He's got a legit chance to break that mark as Kirill Kaprizov is going for the all-time single-season points record and single-season goals record. Uh, it's not going to shock me if he breaks it, but he just—he's such a confident passer, and he's such—he's such a capable player. Where if teams kind of back off in anticipation that he's going to pass to somebody. He's fully capable of taking the shot, and he's done that this season. It's no – he he has a career high in points for himself. And so it's just – it's a top line that is just so lethal with those two guys on the outside and Ryan Hartman, 27 goals himself. So uh, Hartman obviously having a great season as well, but they're just so cohesive, that top unit is. And, uh, you know, all the attention goes to Kaprizov as it should. But uh, you got two other guys on that line that are more than capable of beating you if you take your eye off them.
0: Seth, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
1: Make sure to check out Locked on Wilds. Uh, easiest thing is to just search Locked on Wilds, you know, wherever you're listening to your podcasts, social media as well. I think we lucked out, and every account is locked on Wilds. So it doesn't get any easier than that. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth T-O-U-P-S. That's probably the most active spot on game nights and throughout the week as well. So just give me a follow as well. And we will continue to keep you as up to date as possible on all things Minnesota Wild as we push through the rest of the regular season into a deep
0: playoff run. All right, Seth, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests, Tony Cardasco of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins, and Seth Tupel of Locked On Minnesota Wild for joining me and talking about their respective teams. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow on Locked On NHL with the Eastern Conference Show. I'll be back Friday with co-host Rachel Donner to preview the upcoming weekend games. Until then, thanks again for listening to Locked On NHL. I'm Gil Martin. Stay safe and have a great day, everybody.